0: the Workforce Connections podcast, where we discuss workforce development in Southern Nevada. Here's your host. Hi, welcome to another episode of the WC podcast. My name is Robbie DeBuff. I'm a project coordinator here at Workforce Connections, and today we're going to do things a little differently. It's just going to be a conversation between me and my partner, Malik Williams.
1: Hi, Robbie. Hi. I am Malik ML Williams. I am also a project coordinator here at Workforce Connections, (laughs) and I am... Very happy to be sitting here talking with you today as we do.
0: I mean, I know, you know, it's just a little bit more formal. It's on a mic and it's being filmed instead of, you know, shouting over the wall and talking to you like this. So let's start out with how we met. Like, let's start out with like your first week at WC.
1: Yes, my first week, summer 2021. I walked in the door excited to be starting the new job. And Irene said, welcome and go find Robbie. You got (laughs) to plan a job fair for thousands of people okay okay <laughs> and that okay. was that was the first thing we I came to find you and you're like yeah, let's roll let's let's do this we uh, got a my first to job
0: fair your first job fair we were on it I mean and like we were on a tight timeline it was mm-hmm. four weeks to plan a job fair we had over 5100 pre-registered for this job fair yeah. about 5,000 people showed up on the day of it was extraordinary it was the first job for first in-person job fair after the pandemic mm-hmm. like we were just like on fire but it was, it was crazy how much work it was, and neither one of us were pros, yeah. both of us novices.
1: Yeah, we were doing, as uh, as Irene Bustamani adams our deputy director, says, we were building the plane as we were flying it.
0: And, so. oh, my goodness, I would much rather have a full plane before I fly than yeah, well. building it as we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was it was good. We learned a lot, uh, The Commissioner Gibson and Commissioner Sagerbloom hosted that it was a great experience and we've done a lot since then we've done several other ones
0: we have since then and you know most notably april 15th 2022 the repeat the repeats (laughs) um blew it out of the water with about seven thousand people show up that day for that job fair you know just just an extraordinary event as a matter of fact that event we had nearly uh every casino every major casino Mm -hmm. Um, System have it on their billboards, their Mm. electronic billboards. I mean, everywhere we looked driving around town, we saw spring job fair. It was crazy. It was just a lot of work, but very, very hopeful.
1: Yes, yes. A lot of people came out. I I think we were concerned too. We weren't sure a year later or almost a year later how many people were still going to be out there, how many people were going to be. Looking for employment and with over 100 employers coming, looking for people to fill those slots, we didn't know how it was going to go and it exceeded expectations it and actually did. beat the record that we set the first time. So that was pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of talk about where we're going with job fairs.
1: Yes. Yeah. So we, we've had these huge job <laughs> fairs. And some people may know that we're now working on what's known as industry sector partnerships, where we... Are really focusing on working with employers in specific in demand industries here in Southern Nevada. One of the things that we're doing is working on industry specific job fairs to help those specific industry sectors. And so we're looking now at doing something for manufacturing, for healthcare, so that those employers can really connect with the people that are looking for careers in their specific fields.
0: And let's be real, we're looking at not numbers now. We're looking at quality mm-hmm. and we're looking at really connecting those employers to those job seekers and really being thoughtful about which job seekers come um, and just making sure that, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a more boutique kind of intimate feel and, and just it'll be really nice for the manufacturers. Hopefully that's the first one. I mean, I think that's the one we're targeting first. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, we're we're talking about this stuff that we did when we first met, but we didn't talk about how we got here in the first place. So let's rewind just rewind. a little bit. For you, I know you're, you're a librarian, you've worked in multiple library mm-hmm. systems. How did you get from there to here?
0: Well, you know, I've been a librarian since 2007 by degree. And I've worked in public libraries and in state libraries. And when I was at the state library was when the WIOA law first passed in 2015. And my state librarian, WIOA, Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, for anyone who didn't know. <laughs> um, and my state librarian called me in that day and she's like, Robbie, did you see what bill just passed today? I said, "Uh, No. I'm too busy doing other things. I don't got time to watch the feds. And she goes, no, you have to look at this. In the second paragraph, it calls specifically out public libraries. And I go, okay, okay. What does that mean? She goes, we need to figure it out. And really, you know, while I didn't figure it out in the state library, the first public library I I went back to after my stint in state libraries was the Clark County library, which had a one stop in it. And then the next one had a one stop in it. So, Librarians have done workforce development for a very long time, so it's a pretty natural fit to kind of really target the libraries. But librarians have a feel for that service, that kind of customer service and that kind of delivery of those basic career services. So it was a pretty natural fit for me. Um, Talk about you, because you... You came from CSN and Mm -hmm. I think you were doing a little bit of workforce development, right?
1: A little bit. I was in the Division of Workforce (laughs) and Economic Development at College of Southern Nevada, so DWED as we called it. I did a few different things while I was there. I worked in the assessment center. I worked as the continuing education coordinator there. One of the things that I got involved with while I was at CSN was the work-ready communities because doing assessments and doing a work keys assessment for people there, I naturally got involved in the ACT Work Ready Communities and that's kind of how I met some of the folks here as the Work Ready Communities Initiative got started here in Southern Nevada and Workforce Connections was leading it. And so I was coming to meetings and meeting people. And so when an opportunity to come here and actually work here opened up, I kind of jumped at it. I figured, yeah, know half the people that work over there anyway it'll be a natural fit so it'll be great
0: absolutely so now you've opened the can I, All right, big I, old can of worms. Oh. That is work-ready communities. So oh, yes. let's let's break it out. Yeah, talk about
1: it. Work-ready communities. Well, a lot of people know ACT <laughs> does the college readiness assessment. People take their mm-hmm. ACT test in I don't know, is it eleventh twelfth grade when they're getting yeah. ready to go to college, but <laughs> ACT also has a work readiness assessment called Work Keys that measures foundational work readiness skills. And the Work Ready Communities is just a whole system set up around that Work Keys assessment and using it to align job seekers with employers. It helps employers know when they have a job that needs specific skills or has a need for someone with very specific foundational skills so that they can be trained in that job. They can use the Work Keys and the National Career Readiness Certificate to help identify those people that are potentially a good fit for those roles. And here in Southern Nevada, Clark County was the, is the largest yep. ACT certified work ready community <laughs> in the country. So we're really proud of that distinction.
0: Absolutely, and you know, some of uh, some of our employers support us in a, in many different ways. And one of those ways is through job profiling mm-hmm. and both you and I are job profilers.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Now you opened up that can of
0: worms. So, <laughs> so yes. why don't you
1: talk a little bit about what is job profiling? What does that mean?
0: Got to explain that a little bit, don't we? Uh, Got to unpack that. Uh, so job profiling is working with an employer to take a position and break it down into the basic tasks of that position. You know, you're not going to get all the tasks, but most of the tasks. And then taking those tasks and addre- and assigning them or associating them with a particular skill. And then assessing the level of that skill that's needed for that task at entry and then at, you know, at success for that for that individual, that job seeker. And, and then it's relating that back to that NCRC, that work keys assessment, and really just determining, do you, do you need uh, you know, work keys is, is tested at a bronze silver, gold, and platinum. Do you need a platinum to be a customer service rep? Probably not. Do you need a bronze to be, can you have a bronze and be an HVAC tech? Um, Probably not. We need some basic skills building. So, you know, the employers that are part of the work-ready communities can participate in these job profiles. And that also helps support that work-ready communities Mm -hmm. effort.
1: And we have several people throughout our workforce system who are certified as job profilers. And all the services at no cost to employers for any employers who might be interested. Right.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Any, any of you out there (laughs) and let us know.
1: (laughs) We're also expanding though. We started, we, we, we talked about Clark County being the largest work ready community, the largest certified County in the country, but we're going beyond Clark County now. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Where else are we going?
0: We are we are going to the rurals. So we we've really um, been working been working for some time with Lincoln, Nye, and Esmeralda, which is part of our local workforce development mm-hmm. area. Um, but we've also expanded out into uh, into the rest of the state with Washoe and um, several other counties up north. And um, you know, just really want to highlight Washoe. You know, go librarians up in Washoe that are really leading the charge with the Washoe Public Library System. With Scott and Joan, um, their leadership up there has really just pushed this effort and really made it made it their own and really are supporting the workforce efforts for the Nevada Works, which is the work local workforce development board up in the in the northern part of the state. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's been amazing because there has to be an entity that's willing to sort of take the lead and get things started and spearhead things when the the initiative first kicks off. and in Washoe, it was the library system that said, yeah, we'll do it. We'll get this going. So that was amazing.
0: Again, library supporting job seekers. Library
1: supporting. <laughs> and that's part, of, that's part of what you do, though, is yeah. work with libraries. And people probably don't know that libraries really are formally a part of the workforce system. So what, what else do you do in terms of like Bringing libraries and other partners into the system.
0: Absolutely. You know, my primary role at Workforce Connections is system integration. So I'm always looking for opportunities to connect partners more meaningfully to make sure that they understand the roles and services that each other provide. They understand how to access that. Um, as well as really looking for where we need to be, where we are, and how we need to, uh, you know, further integrate in where we are. Um, So we have a lot of locations in libraries, you know, how do we, how are we more impactful to those customers that come into libraries every day? So we do, of course, you know, our monthly partner meetings where we're reaching out to our core partners and bringing them in, hearing their points of view, having them help us make the decisions, you know. We don't as Workforce Connections make this decisions for the whole system, we really want that engagement um, from our partners. And we also do system trainings bimonthly, to really to help frontline staff with uh, their skill level and their knowledge of the system. Uh, and then really, we're excited this year, we're going to bring back our summit. Uh, we haven't had one since 2019, you know, go post-pandemic. In efforts. a minute, yeah. <laughs> so we're really excited um, to have a summit again and just get people engaged and meeting face-to-face, you know, you and I work face-to-face and we have a really great relationship, but if you're only on the phone with each other, gosh, that's, that's tough sometimes. Right.
1: Right. And I'm looking forward to it because I've never had a chance to attend one of the summits. So I'm looking forward to participating. Super
0: exciting. The last one I went to was in 2019, which was the last one. It was, I thought it was fantastic. Um, Talk a little bit about how you support system integration because you really do as well, but it's, it's Mm -hmm. more focused On a particular service.
1: Yes. Yes. So whereas you're looking at the whole system and working with all our partners, I work with our partners a little differently, specifically looking at business engagement and employer services. And so what I do is work with our partners through our employee envy business hubs. And one of our biggest partners there is the Department of Employment and Training and Rehabilitation. It's the State Department, Dieter, as we call them. Mm-hmm. They are really, really engaged with us. And the Title I, there's so many titles under the WIOA Act. Lots but of titles. There's lots of titles. <laughs> but we have Title I providers that work through the hubs. There Title III providers work through the hubs. We engage folks from the welfare, from the small business development centers, all through these business hubs to provide services to employers to help, as our uh, mission says, connect employers to a ready workforce. And so another thing we do is we really just, like you said, get that face time. We have monthly meetings with all the business facing staff throughout our workforce system from a bunch of different agencies and organizations, just so they get a chance to get together Share stories, share best practices, help each other work through challenges and really just get a chance to get to know each other so that as things come up, as we're looking at doing referrals, as we're looking at collaborating and really focusing on creating an integrated business services system here in Southern Nevada, the people know each other and will be more willing to pick up that phone and call each other. And if an employer comes to one partner, they know they're getting connected to the whole system, not that they have to go from place to place to place to place to get a different piece of a service here and a piece of a service there. So that's the goal.
0: Yeah, it really is interesting. We're all focused on connections here, whether it's Mm -hmm. connecting job seekers to employers or whether it's connecting our partners to each other or whether it's just connecting each other to each other so that we really understand and can really help our clients. Is there Mm -hmm. anything we missed that we haven't chatted about? I don't I think so. I mean, I'm sure that there is, but I don't know that anyone wants to know about keys or access or anything like that.
1: Right. We won't get into too many details. Yeah.
0: That that would be too much, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us for the WC podcast. Until next time. Bye.